Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio. Our party continued their efforts to clear the hold of the Duogar invaders. But our heroes seem more like humorously incompetent policemen as they expended a great deal of energy making uncoordinated and confusing plans. To make matters worse, the Duogar were coming out from every direction, causing our party to split up. Devious things were done. Treaty bags were checked. Heroes were abandoned. Badgers were avenged. With the fighters MIA and the spellcasters surrounded by Duogar, the outcome was looking bleak. And then it got worse. An ancient looking Duogar suddenly appeared and mentioned something about his master before shooting his magic missiles at Esmir. And then. Two more overseers showed up and surrounded Esmir. Things were not looking good at all. Then, just in the nick of time, Elric and Cullen found themselves at the northern door. Jake rid himself of one bubbly chubs, and Esmir misty stepped out of harm's way. But the nasty bearded wizard had some tricks up his sleeve. Some very fiery tricks. And if that wasn't bad enough, his gnarly beard started attacking. Jake was sure that he was gonna die. But the party was back together, and this was bad news for the nasty Santa wizard, who soon joined his compatriots in hell. Have the heroes finally rid the hold of the Duogar? And where the heck is Jack? Who is Sergio Leone? And what is so special about his whistling? Can you really get a tearaway breastplate? And where can you pick up some of that nasty beard oil? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. So you guys have just defeated a bunch of Durgar warriors and a strange old uh, Durgar mage. His lifeless body lays on the floor of this room that seems to have been converted into uh, like a makeshift barracks. And as the smoke settles from Esmir's meteor blasts, Firehammer Hold is suddenly eerily quiet. What do you guys want to do? Um, I'm gonna go and examine the wizard and make sure he's not gonna explode or something like that. But I wanna see if there's any good shit on him, that I, any wizardy stuff that I can have. Oh, of course. Don't touch his book. <laughs> First, I'm gonna spit on him to make sure he's not hot. <laughs> yeah, and you do recall that during the battle, he, uh, he did mention his master warning him about you. Mm. And it seems like, um, 
Like anyone that you've ever fought who mentioned a master, heated up and exploded after they died. Oh crap, I'm out of this room. Run! <laughs> Run away! I, I specifically asked to examine him. Yes, so you, you know, cautiously approach, knowing, you know, what's happened in the past with uh, previous bosses like uh, Gabula and Flubnak and uh, even that cat in Daggerford. Yeah. Right, that's why I wanted to examine him. So yeah, you uh, you look for signs that might indicate something similar to those instances, right? Like um, like sudden heat and crackling skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after waiting a few moments, you you don't see any indications that Nalifarn here is gonna explode. Excellent. Okay, it's cool, guys. I'm pretty sure this guy's not gonna explode. <laughs> All right. Okay, so what I want to do now is I want to take a closer look at this guy. Okay, so you turn him over and take a look at him. And though he's uh, quite old, you immediately notice that his, uh, his face is more uh, angular than the other Duergar. And now that you're up close, uh, you see that um, his beard is made up of long sections of hair, like, like dreadlocks, right? But they almost appear snake-like when you're uh, this close up. Ew. It's weird. Creepy. Esmir, roll a history or uh, nature check. I'll do history because I got a plus seven. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. How about a nat 20 plus seven? <laughs> nice. Okay, so as you notice these features, you realize that um, that this guy's not 100% Durgar. You know that he has fiendish blood in him, right? So he is the offspring of a Durgar and a devil, which makes him a Durzagon. Wow. Mm, wow, your mama, your mama's a devil. <laughs> or daddy. You're talking about Gnarly Farn? Yes. Gnarly Wow. Yeah. This guy, hey guys, this guy's half devil. Mm. Keep away. That's gross. And as you think about that, um, you begin to surmise that his uh, infernal bloodline uh, might explain his beard attacks and his ability to heat metal without casting a spell. Mm. Wow. Yeah, he's not cool. Damien. All right, and as you're examining him, you also uh, search him and find some stuff. You find a key ring with five keys on it, three spell scrolls, two potions of healing, and inside a, a like a leather pouch, you find a pearl and a beautifully cut pale green gem. It's been uh, cut into the shape of a triangle, and when you you know kind of move it around at certain angles, it looks like a cat's eye. Huh. I knew it. And then something else catches your eye, Esmir. You see uh, he's wearing a finely crafted girdle or, you know, a wide leather belt, right? And it has a a gold and silver buckle shaped like a dwarf's face with green gems for eyes. And you immediately recognize it as Jex. Oh my God. And I'm like, this is Jex's girdle. And I'm gonna take it, start taking it off of him. Stupid. This is not good. If he was not in the prison and this guy's wearing his clothes, I'm starting to feel bad for Jack, but um, but he's got to be alive. 
And Jake, as you're thinking that uh, and watching Esmir pull off Jack's girdle uh, from Nalifarn's corpse and pilfer his stuff, um, Elric makes his way in and he makes his way over uh, to the shelves. And um, on the way over, he uh, he bends down and picks up a mug off the floor by the, by the smashed table. <laughs> and when he uh, gets to the shelves, he fills up the mug with some ale from one of the casks. And he just starts chugging it. You're not even going to put a little, you know, antiseptic in there. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he wipes the froth off his upper lip and he's like, oh, worked up quite a thirst. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and, uh, and Cullen and Jake, as you're watching Elric uh, quench his thirst, you both notice something on the shelves behind him. You see studded dragon leather armor and a silver great axe, and you immediately recognize it as Jack's gear. Mm? On that bookshelf thing? On the bookshelves there, yep. Oh my god. He must be nearby. Let's check the room that Nelifarnum came out of. Yeah. I'm gonna grab Jack's stuff. Okay. I'm checking behind this door. I think he's behind this door. Okay, you look past the door and see a 20-foot-long hallway that ends with a closed wooden door. Whew. I'm gonna investigate the room for any indication there might be a trap. It might be trapped, like pressure plates or okay. switches around this end of the hallway. All right, roll a perception check. Walk out in there just all willy-nilly. I rolled a 12. Okay, you don't find any traps or anything out of place in this hallway. I'm gonna go down the hallway and see if that door is locked. He just came out of it. Maybe he didn't lock it behind you. Uh, yeah. Make it to the end of the hallway, and you see that the door is not locked. Well, then I just, I open it. Okay. What's the worst that could happen? Five more Dugger oh, standing yeah. in this room? Yeah. <laughs> I think not. He would have called them for aid already. Yeah. All right, you open the door and look into a room illuminated by a fireplace in the southwest corner. It has a mantle adorned with a carving of a sword surrounded by two spiraling flames, over which a broken crossbow bolt has been painted in red. In the southern part of the room sits a large bed and a chest. Near the north wall uh, stands a tall cabinet next to an ornate desk. On the desk, there are a bunch of uh, metal instruments and glass containers. And in the northeast corner sits the slumped over body of a red-haired dwarf chained to the wall. Ah, I turn down the hallway and I say, I found Jack, and I run across the room. So I, we hear this, so I'm gonna run over with Cullen. Yes, let's go. Okay, so Esmir and Jake, you guys run into the room and see that uh, Cullen is standing next to a slumped over dwarf chained to the wall. He wears only a uh, blood-stained tunic and pants, and as you get closer, you see that it's definitely Jack. <gasps> hey, Jack, wake up, boy! Jack! He doesn't respond. He just sits there, slumped over and motionless. Can I, can I examine, do a medical check on him? 
Yeah. So you uh, you get down and take a closer look, okay. and you see that he's uh, he's badly burned, and his body is you know covered in cuts and bruises. Uh, it looks like he's been tortured, right? Okay. And you uh, you know you put your hand on his neck to check his pulse, and it's very weak. He's alive, but barely. Okay. So I have I'm one going to... dose of oifen and honey. That's the thing. I have two healing potions that I just got off the wizard. But I would like to look at the healing potion and make sure it looks like an act. I'm going to take a little dab of it and make sure it's a healing potion. You have the bad guy's healing potions, which we don't know what they are. <laughs> you killed Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you open the bottle and you check it and it's definitely a healing potion. Okay. Minty fresh. And I'm going to give it to Jack. Okay, you uh, you pour the potion into his mouth, and after a few seconds, he sputters and coughs, and then he uh, suddenly springs up and lunges towards you, but the chains quickly stop him, right? And he uh, yells, "Come closer, you you flat-headed tentacle sucker! I'll hey, we tear killed you to pieces! Hey, I'll kill calm you! Calm down! Slap him in the face! Slap him in the face! <laughs> calm down!" <laughs> and when you and when you do that, uh, he starts to you know snap out of his rage, right? He uh, uh, stares at you for a moment, you know, blinking his swollen eyes, and then he's like, "Wait, don't I know you from somewhere? You do, yeah, man. Yeah, we're Sirius friends. Yes. Huh. Oh yeah. Did we meet at the Lady Luck? Yeah, bro. Yeah. I think." I think I bought you a drink. Oh, yeah. You were definitely flirting with me. <laughs> I know you were. Well, you wouldn't happen to have a drink for me now, would you? Ah. Uh, yes, we do. In Ulrich, the other room. Fetch this man a beer. <laughs> Esmeralda, the keys. Unlock his bonds for the for the love of mercy. Yeah. So I'm going to get the keys. I'm going to start trying to unlock them. Okay. And one of the keys does unlock the shackles. And he okay. uh, rubs his sore wrists, and his, uh, he looks at you guys, and he says, um, Well, what in the nine hells are you guys doing here? Well, Jack, Sir Istival sent us here to find you. He got worried you didn't come back. Well, you guys are real lifesavers. That's Sir Istival. I always tell him that he worries too much, but I'm sure glad he does now. Exactly. Well, literally, we are lifesavers. So here, put on these clothes <laughs> before you catch cold. I got your girdle. We got your gear, bro. Oh. We won't tell nobody about the girdle. <laughs> the secret between me and you and your tailor. <laughs> and then Elric comes into the room and hands Jack a mug of ale. Yeah. And uh, Jack drinks it down like someone who's dying of thirst. And uh, then he begins to uh, slowly and painfully uh, put on his armor and gear. All right. Can I start, while we're talking, I'm going to start rifling through all the stuff in the room. Okay. Mm. Bed sheets, cabinets, cupboards. There's a bunch of glass stuff, right? Yeah. There's a whole science kit in the back. And there's a chest too, right? Yes, there's a chest and a desk you can rifle through. Ooh. Any scrolls, any books? I want books. <laughs> well, let's start with the chest. And uh, one of the keys you found opens it up, and you look in, and you do see two books. Wait. Really? Wait. <laughs> Don't want to open any I'm books. I'm not going to open any. Until I say it's okay. Yes. 
I want to make sure that Stop. none of them are spell books. Trust me, I'm not going to open one. I blew up the last time I tried <laughs> You blew me up too. Opening the book of wizards is not always the best thing to do. You also see inside there a steel coffer, and inside of it you find 280 gold pieces, 345 silver pieces, a pair of gold loop earrings that you remember uh, Jack was wearing when you first met him. Oh, these belong to you. And you also see uh, three yellow topazes worth a lot of gold. And you find Jack's plaster copy of the Delambeer bloke. <laughs> mm. Look, look at this funny thing. I take it. Okay. I'm going to put that in my backpack and I'm going to keep the uh, real bloke hidden in my skivvies. Okay. Um, just be careful that you don't... Uh, Ruin my only pair of skivvies? You know, in the heat of the battle, like, not feel this bloke fall out of your skivvy pocket. <laughs> it's it's well secured. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what else, Jack? What? Guess what we got. Give you one guess, it starts with the B. Uh, beer. <laughs> <laughs> The second letter's an L. It, rem- it, it, it rhymes with... Oak. Gloak. <laughs> cloak. It rhymes with cloak. Or toke. Artichoke. Smoke. You've got a fake one. Oh, you found the real bloke? We sure did. Well, that's great. I'm sure that will uh, make the Duke quite relieved. Okay, well, hold on a sec. Ho, ho, hold on. We're not going to tell the Duke nothing. No, we don't want to tell the Duke anything. (laughs) But when it finally comes down to it, um, it'll make for a fine bargaining chip. Well, whatever you guys feel is best. My trip here to learn more about the bloke was a waste. Anyone who could tell me anything about it is now dead. So whatever you want to do with it is fine by me. I don't care. And he just... He just goes back to lacing up his boots. And uh, Elric, who's standing right next to him, you know, uh, pours more ale into Jack's cup. And then Elric says, Yes, I know all about disappointment. I was supposed to be the ruler of a great kingdom. Now I am here in this dungeon in someone else's body. Oh, you know, poor baby Rick. <laughs> we'd be happy to have our friend back, so anytime you wish to leave, feel free. Yeah, cry baby. And then, he, and then he just chugs the rest of his drink. <laughs> and Jack, my friend. And I give him a couple claps on the back. Buck up, camper. <laughs> the future is bright, you see. <laughs> and then the uh, the last thing you find in the chest are two books. Ooh. One is a book written in Dwarvish, and the other is a tome that uh, definitely looks like a wizard spell book. Okay. So can I, I can read the... Dwarvish. Yeah, why don't you examine the books, and then if you think they're safe for me, then, um, like... You know, a wizard spellbook, something that I can't use, I don't want it, right? Yeah, clearly. You take that. But if there's other books that could be brought back to the um, to the silent room at some point, would be fantastic for our collection and our library. Okay. I just want to point out that it doesn't matter who grabs the wizard's book. If they open it, they'll probably get blown up. Well, Christine might be able to, or I mean, Esmir might be able to 
dispel mm. some of that magic to unlock it. Who knows? Who knows what lies? And then on the desk, you find a writing kit with ink, quills, and paper. Um, there is a beautiful dwarven silver bowl with a matching uh, chalice, a wooden box containing cheese, dried meat, and bread. A lunchable. Six flasks filled with a liquid and labeled in dwarvish. A portable alchemist lab. Huh. And under the desk, you find another cask of Firehammer Ale. Okay, cool. I think this is a good place for a rest. Drink some ale, go through the stuff, mm-hmm. and read some books. So, um... The thing, the, wait, what was that last thing you said was written in Dwarvish? Flat, flasks. Six flasks. F- flasks. And so what do they say? Well, three of the flasks are labeled acid, and the other three are labeled alchemist's fire. Ooh. Mm. Interesting. Some demonic brew, I'd wager. Well, Jake, why don't you roll an intelligence check, like investigation, to, um, to see if you know what that is. Oh, that's not going to be one of my strong suits. Zero in investigation. But I roll a ten. Mm, you're not sure, but it probably has something to do with fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this is what heated up my chest, let me tell you it works. Let me see those. Can I investigate them? Sure. I got a twenty-one. Ooh. Nice. Um, you know that this stuff is pretty nasty. And you also... I smell it. The guys, this stuff is pretty nasty. <laughs> if it is, you shouldn't be starting it. And you see that it is a uh, sticky uh, adhesive substance that when exposed to air, it ignites. Hmm. And you quickly surmise that this is what was used in the fire traps in the dining hall. Oh, so it comes out like Windex, but then turns into fire. Well, it comes out like, like it's like a gel, right? It's almost yeah. like a napalm. It sticks to you. Yeah, it sticks to you, because you remember uh, it stuck to Jake's cloak, and yeah. you guys had to put it out. Uh, we can each have two. Ulrich doesn't need any. He's got special fancy spells. I'd rather not handle these kind of things, you see. Unless you're backed in a corner. I wouldn't mind burning something up. Yeah, so to use this, you'd make a ranged attack against a creature, so you'd be using your dexterity, and if you hit, the creature would take 1d4 fire damage, and then uh, it would have to use its action to try and put it out. Otherwise, it'll just keep taking damage every turn. Gotcha, okay, cool. Cool. And the um, acid is similar, uh, but you can also splash it onto someone. And if you hit, they'll take 2d6 acid damage. Ouch. All right. Okay, so do you guys want to split it up and take one of each? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those will come in handy. All right, so that's all you guys find in here that's of interest or value. And um, as you're divvying up the flasks, Jack finishes getting dressed. Uh, he buckles his fancy belt, and then he uh, he grabs his mug of ale that uh, Elric keeps refilling, <laughs> and he says, uh, So you four, by yourselves, defeated all the Durgar usurpers in the hold? There may be some stragglers. Mm. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's some stragglers. I think we pretty much killed everybody. 
There might be one or two. I've noticed some unchecked places on my map, you'll see. Okay. Wow. Sir Estival sure knows talent when he sees it. You That's be- right, buddy. Ah, you better believe That's it. That's right. Perhaps, perhaps just when he sees it, not when he hears it. Because if you listen to us, you might have your <laughs> doubts. <laughs> what about what about their leader, that uh, long-bearded freak? Is he dead as well? Yo, yeah, we killed him good. You mean creepy Santa guy? Hate that beard. Yeah, yeah he, he dead. Oh, well, that's good. Man, I really wanted to kill that guy. Oh, you know what? We can revive him and then you can kill him. Do you want us to do that? <laughs> that would be fun. I think we've done that before. I think we've done that once before. No, no, that's, that's quite all right. I've had enough of him. He was a sick and twisted creature. His desire was to help someone he called Master enact some sort of revenge. Oh. Yeah, he'd be torturing me, and then he, all of a sudden he'd start mumbling and say, I'm coming, Master, and then he'd leave, and after a while he'd return and torture me some more. Yeah, he he wasn't right in the head, I tell you. Well, we found out that this person that he was referring to as Master seems to be the master of many. Because every boss guy that we've fought so far <laughs> is calling out for someone named Master and is saying uh, uh, saying things like, one day Master will get you. It's yet to happen. And you know what happened to them? Uh, you killed them. Ha! Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and as you're talking about that, um, about the other bad guys who mentioned this uh, Master, you realize that you haven't found that um, that reoccurring infernal writing that has been present with all the other bosses. Interesting. That means that there's still unexplored areas of this place. Well, what do you know that's different about Nalifar? What's um what's different about him compared to the other bosses? They worship Laduguer. But there was something about Nalifar specifically. Uh, that you discovered. Oh, he was a half devil. He was half devil. He was uh, half devil. He was half infernal. Right, right, right. Mm. Oh, so this is really the workings of some infernal creature. Maybe. Yeah. So he's probably higher up on the food chain, the bad guy food chain. And it seems like he would be in um, higher up in the bad guy food chain simply because of his location. This seems to be a very important location for whatever badness they're trying to spread. Mm. Well, he already hypothesized they're they're going to besiege Daggerford with these siege weapons they've been building down here. Right. And then Jack says, well, I don't know any details, but I do know something big is going down and that the Red Wizards are actually behind it. In fact, they're the employers of these Durgar. One of them came here not too long ago. He was a nasty little fellow. What was his name? Thagar Grin? Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Well, so it seems you've encountered this red wizard. Oh, yes. He was no match for us. And now he is rotting away in a Daggerford dungeon. First we killed all his friends. Then we humiliated him. We killed him. We revived him. Then I 
I blew him up like a balloon and brought him into town on a string. That was wonderful. That was Jake's bastard on a yeah. string. It was fantastic. You should have been there. It was like a carnival. <laughs> wow. You guys sure know how to take down a foe. With pizzazz. With pizzazz. Well, while I was being held prisoner here, I overheard many things. Like that it was the Red Wizards that somehow helped Nalafarn and the Duogar enter the hold from the Underdark. And that is how they took Halia's followers by surprise. They were quickly outnumbered. They fought bravely, but they all perished. None survived. Interesting. We will avenge them. Halia, if you hear us, we will avenge you. These guys are scumbags. Yes, they are. And it gets worse. I also overheard them talking about slaves being forced to mine ore for their weapons. Yes, we found them. I know, we found them. You did? Yeah. And they're they're hiding back in the cells. They they are pretending to be held captive. For the moment. Yeah, we already hooked up with them and we gave them some stuff. We put them back in their cages with the, just so we could clear the dungeon. And then once the dungeon's clear, we know it's safe for them to come out. We'll go get them. Ah, that is good news. You guys are true heroes. And did you know all the slaves here are citizens of Jolkin? Citizens of Jolkin? Yep, the whole town. Wait, the entire town of Jolkin? Yep, the whole town. But how is that even possible? How do they manage to enslave the entire town? Goblinoids, uh, under the behest of the Red Wizard, were sacked Jolkin and sent their occupants here to slave away, constructing siege engines for them. By the gods, it's even more dire than I thought. Yes, so when we arrived in Jolkin, it had been completely overtaken and overrun by goblins and goblinoids. And, uh... The shrine was defaced. Yes, and we cleared it out. And then we took another couple adventures to, um, allow for the liberation and the repopulation of Jolkin. Yeah. Well, that's some good news. But this hold is only part of the Red Wizard's plans. I overheard them talk about slaves being sent to a place called Bloodgate Keep. More citizens of Jolkin might be there. Hmm. Oh, sounds like a nice place. Let's go visit. Well, unfortunately, I never learned where this keep is. Maybe we can find one of these rabble that will tell us under the threat of maybe the knife. It's in that, maybe it's in that grayed out area that we can't see on the map. <laughs> the large world map? Yes, that's what I'm guessing. <laughs> we do have to discuss this guy, and my eyes kind of like do a double twitch toward the new Ulrich. <laughs> it's a personal, that's a inter, you know, that's really kind of a personal matter. That's not something we want to, uh, you it's know, bandy subplot. about. But it's a subplot. Yeah. Yes. This yeah. guy's been possessed, but it's just okay. say this, my dear friend, Jack. If he starts to wander, don't be surprised. Don't follow him either. No. Sort of has a mind of his own. <laughs> and, uh, and Jack turns towards Elric, who's uh, pouring himself another ale. And uh, Elric... He's uh, got the cask under his arm. And he's just... El- he doesn't say... Elric doesn't say anything. He just shrugs like, yep, that's me. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, Jack turns back and says, well, 
whatever. You guys seem to know what you're doing. And you, uh... Today. And, uh, and you've, you know, taken on this entire hold and managed to rescue me, so you just tell me what to do and I'll follow your lead. So, yes. So, why don't you come and fight with us? Oh, you can't fight? Can you fight? <laughs> uh, dude, look at the guy. He's a total badass. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Sir Jake, I was fighting as a gladiator before you were even born. So... I can fight, but I'm in no shape to fight. I need to rest if I'm to, so do I. you know, follow you into battle. Because, you know, you gave me a healing potion, but I'm still badly injured. Should we take a short rest? Let's take a long rest. Oh, uh, it's too soon for a long rest. Yeah, we just did one. Yeah. So, let me ask you, Jack. You've been here before. What's the quickest way out of here? Well, I only know about the front door. Well, first we gotta clear all the we rooms. We have to clear it out. We gotta clear the rooms and then get the prisoners. Yes. I tell you what, why don't we all leave and go to the prisoners and take a short rest together there? Why okay. Don't we just take a short rest right here in this room. Okay. Why I kinda wanna just... check on the status of the prisoners. You will. Okay. Okay, that's fine. No. Um, short rest here. Short rest here, ready, go. <laughs> I'm actually going to roll a hit die since I never <laughs> do too. that to try to get back at least uh, my six points that I'm down. Okay. I'll give you guys a short rest here. Oh, yeah. Eight. Ten. Oh, glory. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Elric's also going to roll some hit die. Wow. He must have been hurting. He was. He got beat up pretty bad by Nalifarn. Ooh, maximum. Now he's full up. Those were good rolls. It's all that, all that dwarven ale. Yes, he's feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> Him and Jack have put a, a big dent in that cask. I'm going to go ahead and burn another hit die. Oh, but just what I needed to come flush. Four. <laughs> all right, nice. Everyone's full up. Um, I'm also going to use my arcane recovery to get two of my spell slots back. My first level spell slots back. Okay, cool. And can we also go through some of this stuff that we found? Sure. Let's divvy this stuff up, and then you guys can uh, check some of it out during the rest. Okay. okay. That sounds good. All right. So uh, besides the coins and gems and silverware, we got uh, Nalifarn's snack box. Does anyone want that as a ration or something? I don't know. I'm afraid of eating anything around here. I'll... Um... Well, I want to inspect it at least. Is the food, is it like a bento box? <laughs> yeah, it's a small box with some cheese, dried meats, and some bread. A snack bag. Give it to Jack. Might oh, yeah. give it to Jack. Yeah. Here's the food of your keeper, your pastor. And Jack quickly grabs it, and he starts... Uh, chowing away? Yeah, he starts chowing away at it like he's starving. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> Can I look at the alchemy lab? Yeah, so it's a uh, portable alchemy lab that will allow you to make uh, certain concoctions like acid or alchemist fire. And inside are uh, two glass beakers and a, a metal stand to hold the beaker over a flame, right? A glass stirring rod, a small mortar and pestle, and a pouch of ingredients uh, like salt, powdered iron, and purified water. That is cool. The little portable alchemy lab. 
So is it in like one of those, like, it, it looks like a box that you unbuckle at the top and then yeah. it just unfolds? Yeah, yeah, totally. And there's yeah. a picture of a kid yeah. on the front holding a beaker with a big smile on his face. Yeah, and safety, gla- and safety goggles. <laughs> and his dad is behind him in safety goggles with his hands on his hips and his The kid's proud wearing father. a little pointed hat like a wizard. <laughs> By police. My first alchemical kid. My first chemical, my first chemistry set. So does anyone want this portable lab? Um, that would be an Esmir thing. Yeah, I'll take it. She's the concoctoid, concoctoidist. Yeah. She's got to take a stick from her hair with a little piece of moss from behind her ear, <laughs> pop it into a beaker, add some of this uh, Toad new, juice, newfangled fire. Oh, yeah. And Esmir, you also check out these scrolls. And you see that one of them will cast Gust of Wind, another will cast Scorching Ray, and the third one will cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter. Oh. Mm. That is awesome. Tasha's Hideous Laughter. I already have that as a spell, though, don't I? Yeah, so you could just use the scroll to cast the spell once and, uh, you know, not use a spell slot. And you can do the same with the other two, or you could, you know, take the time to transcribe them into your spell book if yeah. they're, uh, you know, spells you want to learn. Okay. So I'm going to save those. Okay. So that leaves the two books you found, the Dwarvish book and the Analifarn spell book. So I want to check out the book of the Dwarvish book. Okay. What do you, how do you, how do you handle a, a wizard's spell book? I, like, I don't know anything about that. Wrap it in cloth and just stick it in your backpack. I, I don't know. I wouldn't even want to touch it. I'm saying that as a wizard, I, I, Christine, I don't know anything about this shit because I don't read the DM books. Right. So what, what Jake is going to say really quickly is, first of all, you have to find out if there's a trap. And with your magic skills and your arcane skills, you should be able to see whether or not it's going to explode in your face or not. Because that is not pleasant. <laughs> All right, so I'll use the detect magic spell on it. Okay, so do you want to do a ritual to cast that? Yeah. Okay, so as Esmir pulls out her uh, supplies and starts setting up a ritual, Jake, you're uh, looking over this dwarvish book, and on the cover it says, History of Halia Bright Axe, our luck maiden and lady of the fray. Ah. And you flip it over and see that there's a quote on the back, and it says, Because it was there, and because I have always wanted to cut my way out of something's stomach. <laughs> Halia Bright Axe. Wow. This looks like a good read. Yeah, it looks like a good find, something quite rare. Yeah, nice. Something to send to the library. Yeah, after I read it. <laughs> nice. This is going to be a good read. Right on. Haley is a god, right? Yes, she is the dwarven goddess of battle and luck. Maybe this book will make Jake think differently about other gods. <laughs> Open his mind a little bit. I'm starting... After after a few of these recent encounters, uh, Jake is starting to warm up to the idea that maybe there is more of these, you know, divine spirits than just Agma. Wow, we. Um, oh, don't jinx yourself. I mean, obviously, <laughs> no, he's not going to ever. Is Agma a jealous god? No, he's never going to, um, you know, worship any of them, but he'll at least recognize their existence and thank them for, you know, 
like all of their little good things that they bestow upon them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look at those spell slots I got back. <laughs> 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 and Ogma knows I'd never betray him. I didn't ask for those things. Okay. Mm. All right, so, Esmir, you're uh, doing your detect magic ritual. You've got your uh, candles lit, and you're drawing out some arcane rune and chalk, and you begin to see the glow of magic items in the room. Uh, one of them is Jek's axe, another is a Nalifarn spellbook, and you also see a magic glow on that pearl you found in uh, Nalifarn. Okay. Mm. Guys, this is crazy. Pearls of wisdom? Maybe? So, um, so I'll, I'll look at the pearl. Okay. I'm gonna smell it. I'm gonna sniff it too. All right, so during a short rest, you can uh, take the time to identify one item. Oh, okay. So you can either do the pearl or the spell book, but not both. I'll do the... I think she'd wait... Well, no, I'll do the book just in case it's going to blow up or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you detect a specific type of magic emanating from the spell book. Is it gross magic? <laughs> no, it's a uh, magic you're very familiar with. It's evocation magic which is the type of magic you use when you cast magic missiles or firebolt. And it's also the type of magic Jake uses when he casts uh, cure wounds. So it's the type of magic that can heal or blow stuff up. My guess it would be the latter. <laughs> so it's probably gonna blow up. Right, if, if you open, open it up, right. Right. Like so what happened to me. How can I, uh, how can I defuse it? <laughs> Dispel magic. Cut the red wire. Yeah, so you have two options. You could, like Jake said, uh, dispel magic, uh, but you don't have that. So your only option now is to manually disarm it. Like Cullen said, you gotta cut the red wire. Okay. (laughs) So from your detect magic spell, uh, and from your uh, near-death experience with Thegar's spell book, uh, (laughs) you're pretty sure that this spell book is uh, booby-trapped. Yay. And you've learned, um, you know, from your time studying to be a war mage in Suzale, that um, a common uh, method of booby trapping a book was to place a magic rune on the first page. And if someone opened the book and looked at that rune and they weren't the person who placed the rune, the trap would go off. Oh, okay. So what you're going to have to do in order to disarm the trap is you're gonna need to carefully cut out that first page without accidentally reading it. Okay. And then you gotta, you know, fold that page so no one else accidentally reads it. <laughs> so in order to do that, you're gonna need to make a difficult arcana check. Mm. I have a plus seven arcana and I have a inspiration point. Oh. Yeah. I think we should do it now. All right, cool. So I have to, I have to splice, I have to cut the page out without what? Accidentally reading it. Without accidentally reading it. Yep. Like you have to cut the page off at the seam, right? At like the at seam, the, yep, okay. exactly, yep. So Esmir is um, on, her, on her knees on the floor and she's holding the book up right next to her face and she's looking at it. She's detect, she detects magic on it and she is sensing that this is things, this thing's either gonna blow up or heal me and I know I'm gonna put my money down on blow up. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, if I'm if I had to bet. Um, so I don't feel comfortable just putting this thing away and carrying it around because what if it blows us all the kingdom come? So um Esmir is going to try to uh What's it defuse the bomb. I'm gonna defuse this book, okay, guys. So here's okay. Here's the thing. Uh, first of all, nobody look at the damn page. Nobody try to read anything on here. Don't even look at it, okay? Number two, uh, Jake, give me some guidance, would you? Okay. Okie doke. So I'm the whole time I'm sitting over in the corner up against the wall. And I'm and I'm watching her as I've got my book open, right? And I'm reading this dwarvish script, and I'm looking over the top of the book as she's telling us about this book, and I'm fearing for her because I have experience with exploding uh, spell books. So um, yes, I'd be happy to give you some guidance. Okay. Do you give her any advice? What's your guidance? I would love to lead you into the task which you are about to perform, but all I can do is push you from behind. Because <laughs> I'm not getting in front of that bomb. Nice. Right into the bomb. <laughs> and while this conversation was going on, Cullen was just slowly backing up towards the other side of the room. And he's counting. He's counting five, ten. Here, I can hold a torch for ye from over here. Okay, thanks, bud. So I cast guidance um, onto Esmir, giving her a D four, and I t- I have to do it by with touch. So I extend my my forefinger as far as it will go, you know, the leaning leaning back, leaning back, and I just touch my forefinger to her forehead and then pull back complete like instantly and then back up okay and what's that gonna give me a d4 a d4 okay and then can anybody else guy give me guidance or anything no but someone could uh you know possibly assist you to give you advantage but everyone's hiding in the corners <laughs> okay. well ac ac come over here come on i got okay ac don't look at this, okay? Put your little foot. <laughs> oh, put your little footy on the page. Put your little footy on the page. You hold it steady. No, no, no. That's okay. I'll help. I'll help. I'll come over here. I, I'm coming <laughs> back. I don't. I don't want to see. The, it takes so long for the owl to come back every time. <laughs> okay. So don't let's look at get the this page. over don't with. Don't look at the page. I, Are put you, my hand okay. over my eyes. Hold my torch yeah, put out. Put your hand over your uh, eyes. Don't I be just, crazy. Uh, I, I just turn my head. I hold the torch in one hand. I put my hand on her shoulder in a reassuring manner. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm going to take out a little, uh, like a clip from my hair. And I'm going to use a little clip from my hair to hold the page up. Okay. A little bit up like that. And then I'm going to pull out my dagger that has Cebu timbers uh, etched into it. Um, I think the prisoner Liam Burnside has that dagger right now. I thought he gave it back to me, didn't he? Oh, no, he gave back. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Okay, so I probably have a regular dagger, right? You do have a regular dagger, yeah. Okay, so, okay, and then I'm going to take the dagger and I'm going to take my my shirt and I'm going to, like, kind of polish it up a little bit. 
This looks sharp, right? Colin, this looks sharp, right? It looks, it looks really sharp. I'm just gonna hold me breath for a moment here. Okay, okay, you're so brave. Be very brave. careful. You're so brave. Okay. Just remember, and then, cut the red wire. The red wire, okay. And then, Esmir's gonna take, so she's got her little clipper, she's holding the pager up, and she's got one eye closed, because she's trying to keep the eye closer to the page closed. <laughs> I, I'm an avid reader, so it's really hard for me not to read things. And then, um, and then, uh, as she starts to cut the page, she's gonna be like chewing on her tongue. She's gonna have her tongue sticking out of her mouth. She's gonna be chewing. And she's gonna carefully do that. And Jake starts laughing. <laughs> just Shut by, up! Just by Shh. watching you. Shh. This is funny. If this thing starts rumbling, I'm tossing it over that way. <laughs> okay, guys, this is gonna be the most important role of the last 40 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I hope it doesn't add 80. <laughs> this would have been a good time to use my augury scroll. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so. On that note. On that note, uh, roll Arcana with advantage. Here goes nothing. A natural 20. A natural 20. <laughs> nice. 28 total. That is awesome. So it just goes, and Esmir goes, like butter, bitches. Like butter. <laughs> All right, nice. So you easily diffuse the trap, and you open the book, and you see Nalifarn's spells. Ooh. So you see uh, burning hands, Ooh. magic missiles, shield, levitate, Got that. scorching that. ray, scorching ray, detect that's magic, one. gust of wind, identify, mage armor, thunder wave, Ooh. and suggestion. Amazing. Thunder, thunder, thunder wave. And then you find, written in the back of the book, not a spell, but a circular drawing of arcane and infernal symbols. Huh. What the heck? Mm, that reminds me of the, the gate thing that you saw when you looked into the mind of the red wizard. Right, right, right. Thank God, grin. Should I roll my uh, arcana? Uh, can you read Infernal? I do. Okay. Guys, I can read this. It's an Infernal. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. All right. What's it say? I'm fluent in abysmal, <laughs> common, gnomish, and infernal. I like to know what bad guys are saying. That's fantastic. What does it say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead and roll an arcana check. 16. Hmm. Okay. So uh, so you're having a hard time uh, deciphering it. It's kind of sloppily written, and you don't recognize some of the runes. But you think it might have something to do with a portal. Ooh. See, see, see? The plot thickens. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And Jack, uh, he comes over to see what you're looking at, and he looks at it, and he says, mm, that looks kind of eerie. Yeah, Jack, uh, when I was uh, probing in the mind of the Red Wizard, which was not so pleasant, <laughs> I saw uh, I saw a portal. Hmm. You know, I recall Nalifarn mumbling something about a portal. Maybe portals are part of the Red Wizard's plans. Maybe they're 
you know, using them to move around unseen. That's what I think. Mm, we thought they brought the survivors of Jolkin into that place, but that was wrong. They're here, all around us. So how would you use this to open a portal? Is it like a spell like, or something you say? Well, it's not like a spell you would cast. Um, it looks more like uh, like something you'd use in a ritual, right? Almost like these um, infernal runes need to be used in a specific order in order to unlock something. Like a swipe, a card you swipe? Like a swipe card? <laughs> yeah, it's like a key code. <laughs> mm. Infernal key code. Is it a QR? Do you just wave your wand over it? Mm. So then it must... So then when we find this portal thing, this is the, the code to get in. This is the password. Maybe. Interesting. Like a moron, he keeps his password written down on a piece of paper in like plain sight <laughs> under his keyboard. Well, it's complicated. Oh, I wonder what his dog's name used to be. <laughs> his dog's name was Jezebel6295. <laughs> all right, so that's all the treasure. And mm. you can uh, spend some time with that pearl maybe uh, during your next rest. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to give you wisdom. If it doesn't, then there's something wrong with the universe. It might just give you, might give you oysters. <laughs> I don't know if I want oysters. Jack, are you feeling okay, buddy? Yes, yes, I, I feel much better. Thank you. You got your snack, you ate your snack pack, you drank your beer, you got all your stuff back, you feeling good? Yeah, I feel great. And he chugs the rest of his ale. <laughs> you ready to go? I'm ready. Lead on. Yes, and now that I'm no longer burning and my nipples, we can forge ahead and we can clear out the rest of this Agma forsaken place. Jake? Do you want some oifinance honey to rub on those nipples? They might be chafed. Okay. And can we just all can we just all agree on one thing right now? You got some griffin grease? What is it? Can we please never mention Jake's nipples again? <laughs> oh, my okay. nipples are heated. I just I want to close my eyes at night and go to bed and not have to think about Jake's burnt nipples. Mm. <laughs> Gross. Mm. I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to discuss my burnt nipples either. <laughs> okay, then shut once up. They're, once they're cooled off and healed, then I can talk about them until the cows come home. <laughs> and Jack, Jack's sitting over there like. This is who Sir Istabel said. <laughs> yes, and we've done a fine job so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you guys want to do? So let's get out of here. Quite right. Let's take it on a heel and toe. We should just start clearing. Um, I suggest we exit and go up through the mines to the yeah. north. And then west. head west over yes. to see if the mine connects over to where the cells are. Yes. Okay. It's time to fight a bloody swath of destruction out of this dungeon. No offense, Jack. Dwarven holds are great and all, but I long to see the sun. Oh, you and me both, buddy. <laughs> so when we're walking, when we go, so Esmir wants to do something. With okay. the mm -hmm. evil Santa. So Esmir's okay. going to take her headband off that she made with the red wizard's cloak. Mm -hmm. And she's going to go up to the, uh, what's his name? Creepy Santa? Nally Farn. Nally Farn. Nally Farn is what you guys were calling him. Gnarly, Gnarly Farn. So Gnarled I'm going to take his beard 
and I'm going to tie the red uh, cloth around the top of his butt, where his chin is, around his beard, like a ponytail. And then I'm going to cut his beard off. So I'm going to have his beard tied in the red wizard's cloak okay. fabric. And I'm, that's what I'm going to go give to Halia. Because the red wizard is the guy who brought these guys here. And I'm going to show her that we vanquished all these guys. A twofer. Two for one. Mm, yeah. Yeah. She'll be pleased. And uh, Jack leans over to you, uh, Jake, and he's like, She's much stranger than I thought she was. <laughs> you have no idea. I can hear you. But I, I can I, tell I, you right now, Jack, her strange ways seem to work wonders when when we need them most. We could not have made it this far without her, that is for sure. Yeah. Backs her against the wall. She always has the magic missiles and the fireballs. Oh, it's such a grand sight. M&M's abound. Oh, the abound. M&M's Treaty don't even get me started. Hey, I'm just, I'm actually trying to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, so you guys head out through the northern door of these uh, barracks here, and you end up in a large, elongated cavern. And the floor in here is cluttered with rocky debris and piles of red ore. And along the northern side, you see four narrow tunnels that have been dug uh, right into the rock, right into the side of the cavern. And scattered around these tunnels, you see several stools, um, iron buckets, and mining tools like uh, pickaxes and hammers. And you also spot uh, some manacles lying about. It looks like this is um, where the prisoners have been slaving away. And uh, to the east, you see the cavern end at a rail track. And to the west, you see a narrow tunnel that leads into darkness. Right, and so as soon as I walked out into the darkness, I lit my torch. Okay. So if you're heading west towards the prisoner pits, you gotta go through this um, narrow tunnel. And it's single file only. So uh, what's the marching order? I'm in front right now. I'll go Second. Okay, so Cullen, you head in first, and you know, it's a tight squeeze in spots, but um, pretty quickly you see uh, with your goggles that this tunnel opens up into a cave about uh, 30, 40 feet up ahead. Mm. I want to use my perception quickly. Okay. See, because last narrow tunnel I was in, Grix tried to chew me up. <laughs> so perception. I'm going to see if I see any thing like a grick hole. Uh, ten. Hmm? So you don't see or hear anything. All is eerily quiet. Well, now I've got my suspicions up, so I'm going to move forward with stealth. Okay. Eleven. Eh, not too stealthy. Okay. You uh, crunchily make your way down the cavern. <laughs> scraping rocks off with my breastplate. <laughs> it's very thin in here. You gotta suck your gut in in a couple spots. But you uh, soon see that this tunnel opens up into a cave with three more tunnels branching off of it. One to the north, one to the west, and a third to the south. Uh, it's the southern one we want. I believe that leads back to the cells. I think we should check out what's going on up north. I 
I'll check out the southwestern uh, tunnel mouth. Okay, doke. I'm gonna come up behind Jake. Okay, so you guys head into this cavern and uh, check out these tunnels. And when you look in, you see that these tunnels quickly branch off again. Uh, Cullen, you see two more tunnels, and Jake, you see three more tunnels. And um, these tunnels are short, and they each quickly uh, lead to like a small little cave. Uh, so there are five of these small caves, and they're all empty, except for one of the caves by you, Jake. Inside one of them, you find a desiccated human body. It's where the Spiders were being kept. And Jake, the body looks just like the ones you found in the uh, mass grave outside, spider bite and all. Spider bites, okay, all right. Yes, just like the rest. Hey, when they get too weak to work, they throw them in here and give them to the spiders. And then looking into the other chambers, are they empty as well? Yes, they're all empty, just okay. rubble and debris. Um, let's head south towards the where we believe the cells might be. Out of this place of horror. Yes. All right, so you head down the southern tunnel, mm -hmm. and soon it leads you back to the um, carpentry cave. Right next to you are those siege ladders. To the south is the rippling pool and the tunnel that leads to the other rippling pool. And to the west are the prisoner pits. So you've kind of, you know, looped all the way around here. Hey, we've come full circle. Yeah, you're right. I think we should go back to the train tracks and finish checking out that area. Okay. I just, I want to check in on the prisoners. Oh, they're doing fine. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> is anybody okay down there? You're like, uh, guys, we're still in here. Uh, anytime now, let it breathe, anytime. You're doing a fantastic job of faking it. I mean, of being prisoners. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back for you. We'll be right back. So... We going, uh, we going out the east, uh, where we, we've been before? Yeah. We're going down train track way. So, uh, so Jack has a, uh, concerned look on his face. And he says, listen, guys, I have to say that I don't, I don't really like the idea of leaving those poor folks in their cells. I mean, what if something happens to us, you know? What if we don't make it out alive? Those people will slowly die in there. Let's get them out of there and put them someplace where they could at least, you know, barricade the doors or something. Sure. Because, you know, I know what it's like to sit alone in a dank cell. I used to be a slave in the fighting pits of Hillsfar till Sir Istival rescued me and my father. So I know I said I'd follow your lead, but this doesn't sit right with me. Them starving in those cells while we're standing right here free. Okay, Jack. And I concur. I mean, look, the fact is, is that we wanted to clear out this level first to make sure that they were safe. So we had them pretending that they were still um, behind locked bars, locked uh, um, cell doors. Uh, it was it was oh. a ruse, you see. So now we yeah. could we could let them out of their holes. And, and and what do we do? Do we put them in a room with provisions? What, take, take him and put him in the room with the tubers and the roots. Tubers and the Good roots. Idea. And the beer. Oh, yeah, let's do that. And then you hear someone yell out from the cells, 
Yeah, uh, food and beer sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna go back into the cell area and say like, oh, wh- whatever you are, Mags, you can you can come out now. Unlock all the doors. We're gonna move you to a safer place. So uh, you hear a cell door unlock, and out comes Mags, and uh, he starts to go around and unlock the other cells. And as the uh, prisoners come out, uh, you uh, hear happy murmuring, right? And uh, someone saying, thank Shanti, we're finally free. Ah, thank Agma. Yes, well, we'll thank all the gods when we get out of this horrible place. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, come on, guys, come on. Let's go to the kitchen and get some tubers and roots. Oh, that sounds delicious. It's absolutely disgusting, but it's better than what you've had. (laughs) Nothing like a good tater. Come on, let's go to the taters. (laughs) All right, so you guys make your way to the kitchen, and uh, Liam and Mags are, you know, helping some of the more uh, feeble prisoners walk there. And uh, Liam says to some of the uh, more able-bodied guys, hey, pick up that short sword or uh, grab that crossbow. And uh, Mags grabs a war hammer, and uh, you get to the kitchen, and the prisoners all crowd in here. Uh, Liam uh, comes in and throws more wood in the fireplace as uh, others begin uh, pulling water up from the well, and others start divvying out tubers and roots and dried meats. And um, now that they're out of their cells and in the light, um, you can see that these people have been through hell. Right? Not only have uh, their lives been turned upside down, but you see that many of them uh, were probably days away from joining their friends in that uh, mass grave outside. Hey. Uh, but for right now, they're happy to be out of their uh, dirty cells and in uh, this kitchen. And I approach Liam Burnside. How you holding up, boy? Oh, uh, I'm doing okay. And you can see that he's uh, wrapped his wound uh, up uh, from some cloth that he's uh, torn from his shirt. Would you like a bit of healing, son? Ah, uh, no, I- I'm fine. Uh, it looks worse than it is. It's just a scratch. But Jake, with your high insight, you can tell that he's um, he's in pain, uh, but he's acting like it's no big deal. <laughs> he's putting a brave face on. Yeah, he's putting on a brave face. Well, you sure are a brave lad. You know, these people are very lucky to have you at their side. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, But we're all lucky because of you guys. Well, thank you. But this is what we are set to do, you see. We are here to free the little people in bondage, you see. (laughs) And then Esmir, Esmir mumbles, Esmir mumbles under her breath, little people. (laughs) 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 Oh, wait. Hey, Burnside. Yeah. Do you have my dagger? I need that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go. Thanks for that. It's for revenge, you know. Yeah. (laughs) That's her revenge dagger. So she can kill somebody with, you know, who deserves it. He has my crossbow, right? He did, but then he uh, he gave it back to you, remember? Because he was afraid of trying to hide it in his cell and get caught. Okay. Mm, Yeah. Okay, well, here, take it back again. So I'm going to give him my crossbow. Okay. With a sack of bolts. Um, Okay, so Esmir is going to open up um, uh, the chest that we got. She's going to hand out to each person 
two golds and two silvers to each person. Okay, a little something to help them get back on their feet one day? Yeah, so they have something to feel good about. How much we got left? Now, that's kind of for the party, I thought. Well, the riches. Well, it's a gesture also, because we're like, we're like carrying all this treasure and shit that we got, you know, and they're like sitting there, you know, in their own filth. So it's just a gesture, like. I understand, but, you know, uh, NPCs don't spend money. Role playing, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) This is for the people. Why do you feed them? NCPs don't eat. <laughs> NPCs. What's an NCP? An NCP. An Man NPC. character player? An, uh, an NPC. Yes, because, you know, we're real and they're not. <laughs> Are you accusing me of being biased against the differently beinged? Yes. You are a beingist. <laughs> you are an NPCist. I gave the pretend money to the pretend people from my pretend character. But I want to buy a pretend better suit of armor later. So I need more pretend money. <laughs> pretend heroes arguing over what to do with their pretend money in a pretend kitchen with some pretend prisoners and pretend tubers and roots. But what will happen next in the pretend story? Can a person really be a concoctoidist? Or is Jake just making up more words? What the heck is an NCP or PCN or PNC? And is Cullen biased against them? And do spellbook traps really have red wires? I think that just kind of happens in movies. But who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio! Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so they finally found Jack, right? So we've got uh, Jack, we've got some citizens of Jolkin. What else does Firehammer Hold have in store for the party? Uh, There's definitely uh, a lot of the uh, mysteries or uh, loose ends of Scourge of the Sword Coast. Uh, They get tied up here in this part of the module as we get, you know, closer and closer to the end game. So I hope you're enjoying the adventure so far. Uh, Please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. The adventure we're playing is Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition uh, by Wizards of the Coast, and we're playing the Scourge of the Sword Coast module. The Roll Radio theme was composed and produced by Andrew Capone. All the in-game music is from Sirenscape.com. See how they can help you make your next game epic. All right, thanks again for listening, everybody, and tune in next time as the gang continues their mopping up of Firehammer Hold.